You guys, hello. Welcome to Spooky Spouses. I'm Lindsay Reed. My name, given to me, is Jordan Reed, and this is a podcast about ghosts and stuff. Each week we talk about ghosts. My hair. Urban legends. My teeth. <laughs> Not, well, we could talk about teeth. I've gotten three root canals in the past year. How yeah, spooky is that? You have scary teeth. Spookiest mouth in the biz, I say. <laughs> we talk about cryptozoology. Cryptozool, uh, cryptozoology still. <laughs> <laughs> and recently I feel like some weird, like, either paranormal stories or like just odd people a lot of yeah you've been you your uh your current trajectory now uh, is talking about creepy stories that are a little unusual and odd yeah which i enjoy i do too that's why i talk about them <laughs> yeah i also enjoy the dark crystal and that's why i talk a lot about the dark crystal off of the show absolutely each week we usually both research a topic and loosely research loosely research i mean we liked for you to research the other half if you're interested but well i think you're being generous maybe you research the other 95 percent <laughs> we're the like no, spark notes we're we're the cliff notes of, yeah for sure of these things but each week we discuss a topic that we have not yet discussed with each other so we're kind of listening with you and those are the only secrets as husband and wife that we keep from one another, except for this one. Are you ready? I'm doing it on the show. Here's a secret for you. Okay. When I, you left yesterday to do stuff and I did, I lit the candles in the house. Oh. That's my secret. Well, that's really funny that you are talking about keeping secrets because last week we talked about the oh, secret twins. we did talk about the secret twins. And you also told us what kind of different ghosts to expect in your house. Yeah, I think there were five. I'm sure there are many more. The list in and of itself was a little reductive, but these were, I think, were the most common types of ghosts that you could expect to find in your house, under your bed, outside. Yeah. It doesn't matter. And if you hear chewing in the background, it's our dog, Molly. She um, decided to have her, we're recording in the morning, so she decided to have her breakfast in the living room today. <laughs> <laughs> Which is nice because we do too. I think she just wants to be like mama and papa. Yeah. But if you hear some very, the sounds of far away sipping, we are also having some coffee this morning because it's a busy day. We're going to do some yard work and get pedicures, so lay off. We're just going to do some, you know... We're just going to have a girl's day. We're just going to have a... Guys, we're just going to have a girl's day. <laughs> Hello? Please. I haven't picked out... Now, a little bit behind the scenes, we do enjoy getting pedicures, but I've never gotten a color, you know, whatever, but man, it's great to have someone rub your feet and scrape all this nasty stuff off your feet. I love it. Well, yeah. I don't know who would hate that. Nothing spooky about a pedicure. <laughs> no, it's... Go enjoy yourself, guys. I love pedicures. Okay, well, should we jump right in? I know that you started last week, so do you want me to start this week? Lindsay, please. I would love it. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, I'd love it. Well, I woke up this morning with a little bit of a headache, so it kind of inspired <laughs> my story today. Okay, is it just how spooky headaches because are Because I had general? one glass of wine in the past three months, so I had yeah. a little bit of a headache this morning. Okay, so I don't know if you remember this or... I mean, this was a little bit before our time because we were born in 1986, but mm -hmm. I remember hearing all about it from like my mom and like just seeing old clips of it on the news Joan and everything. Rivers, <laughs> Sally Jesse Raphael. Maybe, <laughs> but it was the Chicago Tylenol murders. What? 
You don't know about these? I know about oh, I'm so I know about the Tallahassee ibuprofen murders and the Tallahassee. <laughs> I couldn't think of any other city. No. I almost said Papua New Guinea. Papua <laughs> New Guinea. Uh, I, yeah. <laughs> I know about the Papua New Guinea Robitussin murders. <laughs> I know about the Biotin overdose murders, but... <laughs> My hair, their hair grew so fast and it turned into one strand. They had such healthy hair. <laughs> no, but this is the Chicago Tylenol murder. So this was a series of poisoning deaths that resulted from drug tampering in Chicago in 1982. Tylenol based? So, yeah. So what happened was that there was potassium cyanide injected into capsules of Tylenol, and then people were taking them and dying. Was this from the factory, or was so, there... let me tell you. Yeah, I would assume, yeah, you're probably going to explain <laughs> what this is. Okay, so this is basically what happened. So on the morning of September 29th, 1982... The first victim was a 12-year-old named Mary Kellerman, and she lived in Illinois, like by Chicago. Okay. And, sorry, our dog is caught in our computer cord. <laughs> Man, w- without fail, every single time we sit down to record, she's like, oh, now it's time for me to do all this, all this stuff. Right before we were about to record, she was sitting out on the porch being very quiet and being such a great little puppy baby girl. And two seconds ago, she just had her ear caught in our computer cord. <laughs> so she's okay now. She's free and she's roaming the kitchen. Very slowly. And she's she's wandering in that way where you know she, you know she's going to do something silly in the next little bit. And we're going to probably have to edit some out. But that's okay because we love our dog. Yeah, she's a pain in the butt. But we love her. But anyways, okay, back to speaking of dogs and their ears caught and things. There was a 12-year-old. Mary Kellerman of Chicago, Illinois, and she died after taking a capsule of extra strength Tylenol. So they did an investigation. They decided that it was the Tylenol and they found cyanide inside the Tylenol capsules that they had. So now determining that the cause of death was the cyanide in the capsules, they sent out mass media, just don't take Tylenol. Like, I remember seeing all the footage. You can look it up. It's, you know, saying that, like, they don't know if it's from the factory or if this was a murder or all this stuff. Just warnings. Don't do anything. I guess guess this is one benefit to modern day technology and social media. If you need to get news out right away, whether it's something like, don't take Tylenol because it might be poisonous or yeah. look at these new shoes I bought. You can let everybody know instantaneously or like immediately. Oh, yeah. Like what recently <clears throat> was just romaine lettuce. Yeah. People were losing their minds about romaine lettuce. Was it salmon or was it, it was, E. coli? Uh, it was one of the bad ones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess don't eat romaine lettuce until we're all clear. I don't know. Or until everybody forgets about it in a month and then you just eat it anyway. And they eat it again. Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> This is weird. Hey, no, I have diarrhea. So they, of course, investigated the manufacturers because they were like, we're finding cyanide, but they weren't finding in it in all the bottles. So until they heard of more cases, it was very odd. So they kind of ruled out the manufacturers because they're like, if they're mass producing, this would be in more than one bottle. Yeah, and it would seem, I've never worked on a big assembly line, but I would assume it'd be really difficult to get like individual pill capsules or individual bottles and dump a little cyanide in and close them up without totally interrupting the whole flow of your Tylenol line. Yeah, and they were finding that the bottles that came back with cyanide were from different pharmaceutical companies. So they were being distributed, but they were all around the Chicago area. So they were being distributed, but they were like, I don't think this is like a sabotage in production. I think this is like someone 
doing this. Yeah. So they got the different bottles of Tylenol from people that were dying because there was cyanide in there. And they think that it was a somebody going to the store, buying or stealing mm-hmm. bottles of Tylenol, injecting the cyanide in them, and putting them back on the shelves. Like repackaging them? Yeah. So... Now, this is the time before all the seals and everything weren't a thing. Yeah. So that's how those became a thing was because of this incident. Oh, my gosh. Because we didn't have, like, no-break seals or if this is open. I mean, that's why you see all those today is because of this incident. Because, I mean, a bunch of people died about this. There was seven total deaths in Chicago. And these were just ones that they knew about. I mean, there could have been other people that have died of this and they just figured, like... Oh, old age, or they had a heart attack, or, or you know. Or perhaps they ended up on, like, a missing persons list or something. Maybe they took it when they were out and about, or whatever. Right. I mean, this could have been anything. So, there was a bunch of, like, you know, police investigators on this, and Johnson & Johnson was the distributor of the Tylenol bottles. So ah, baby oil. They had to do a nationwide recall of Tylenol products, because they kind of just recalled everything honestly johnson and johnson handled this very well yeah because they weren't messing around they're like we're recalling everything it ended up being an estimate of 31 million bottles that were in circulation and they took a retail hit of a hundred million dollars think about that (laughs) that's a lot of money so much money and that's so much tylenol right but that's like you know do i mean the company standpoint it's like well, do we take this huge hit or do we let people die and then our business goes out of, co- yes. like our business just goes under? Yeah. Because, yeah. But they're still around today and they're still they doing are. great. And I think they made a really smart move <laughs> by doing this. And I know like periodically we'll see a Johnson & Johnson commercial for whatever. And it's mostly about how they're a family company. Now, I'm sure that a lot of this is with marketing and stuff like that. But I don't know anything about them except for the fact that they recalled a bunch of poisonous Tylenol. And they have uh, baby oil. And that's all I know. I know. I was going to say the only thing I really think about is Johnson & Johnson is their baby oil. And I've never once <laughs> used baby oil, nor have I ever bought baby oil. <laughs> I mean, if you just think about the word baby oil. My, our, yeah, our baby just can't walk very fast. I got to oil up my baby. Yeah. I can't go out. No, I got to dip my baby in oil so, can, so that <laughs> my baby can move around a little faster. Yeah, that's, I guess, another scary thing. Like, I want to know who came up with, like, baby maybe oil. if I put oil on my baby... <laughs> It'll be better. Just think about it. I don't it. know. Baby oil. Or maybe it's oil made from babies. Maybe it's really oh, spooky. see, yeah. Now this is, okay, maybe Ooh. this is what we need to start doing is making our, uh, well, I'm going to use air quotes, our jokes more spooky. So we'll have a funny idea and then they become haunted very quickly. Oil of a baby. Oil of a baby. Toddler grease. Johnson & Johnson's the essence of oil from a baby. Gross. Yuck. Okay, so let's get into suspects because still today, they do not know who did this. I know who did it. Who? Well, my guess, Hamburglar. The Hamburglar from McDonald's. (laughs) That pesky Hamburglar. (laughs) And then his his cover-up is being the Hamburglar. He's like, oh, well, they'll never expect me. I just burgle hamburgers. But beforehand, I was poisoning. I was... I was a I was a serial murderer. So he went from someone like really scary to like someone kind of scary. Just annoying, just kind of a nuisance. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is this is kind of a nuisance situation. Yeah, I would say a very large nuisance. 
So anyways, all the suspects, they're very weird. Like, I don't know if it was just the time and maybe they didn't know how to like investigate people, (laughs) but I'm not sure. So anyways, there was a man named James William Lewis and he was investigated because he sent a letter after all this media was all over the news. He sent a letter to Johnson and Johnson demanding $1 million to stop the cyanide (laughs) induced murders. Dr. Evil from Austin Powers. So, yeah, so the police were unable to link him to any of the crimes. Him and his wife were living in New York City at the time. Not even anywhere near Chicago. No, but he was convicted of extortion and got 13 years to a 20-year <laughs> sentence. So he was released in 1995 and... Him and his wife were, were trying to get uh, a hip new apartment in Williamsburg and they're like, oh, it's $20,000 a month. How are we going to do it? I know how to do it so we can live in Williamsburg. Go to the prison. Well, <laughs> I could get free room and board. Well, essentially. I was going to say, I wonder, like, because it's so expensive to rent in New York City, if it would be worth committing a crime and then just going to the prison in New York City. And you could say you live in New York City, but you'd just get rent free. <laughs> like, that's working the system right there. Yeah. You get meals. Now it's mostly beige, wet food. And it's scary. You get a bunch of roommates, and that's fun. They're murderers, but you the know, whole, like the whole group dynamic. It's like, <laughs> and then you could sit around with your buddies, like, which, like, which friend's character am I? I'd be Rachel. You'd be Ross for sure. <laughs> I love our, I love this. I love our boy chats. I just love our boy chats. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was such a Chandler. Before I went to prison, I used to get pedicures all the time. You guys? <laughs> you no? guys? No one? No one else got them? Okay. You guys just don't like getting your feet rubbed, or oh, that's weird. Okay, so James William Lewis, he consistently. Denied all responsibility for the poisonings. He was just, I think, I think he was just being a butt. It sounds like kind of a butt move. Yeah, his wife was probably really mad. She's like, oh, great. Now you're going to leave me for 13 to 20 years? Great. For 13 to 20. I'll be back in (laughs) 13 to 20 years, I think. For writing a demanding $1 million note. Man, I think that's so perfect. Swift justice. Being a butt. Hey, don't be a butt. Because you might get 13 to 20 years in prison. Okay, well, suspect number two. Also, not making much sense, Mayor, but... Mayor McCheese. Good job. So the second man, Roger Arnold, he was investigated and cleared of the killings. But he was investigated because he had a nervous breakdown <laughs> due to the media attention yeah. that he got because somehow he was suspected. And he blamed it on Marty Sinclair who was a bar owner. Okay. So this is just a weird thing. In the summer of 1983, right after this whole thing happened. Oh, because it happened in 82. Sorry, 82. All the media attention went on. He had a nervous breakdown and he (laughs) shot and killed John Stancia. John Stancia? Yeah. And he just, he killed this guy, John, who was just a random dude. Okay. Because he said he mistook him for Marty Sinclair, the bar owner. So he was obviously mad at this bar owner, Marty. Oh, okay. He killed a guy named John, and then he got convicted because he killed a guy. But it was just, well, I don't know why he was suspected for yeah. the, I don't know, probably because he had a nervous breakdown when he saw the media. Sounds... So they were like, that's a little weird that it's all over the news and this guy's having a nervous breakdown about the Tylenol murders. So he wanted to kill this bar owner for some reason. But then he obviously didn't know the bar owner well enough because he <laughs> shot an entirely different human being. And then yeah. went, oh, rats. Wrong they guy. Said, they said John was unrelated to the man and did not know him at all. 
So he was a random guy. Okay, but he great. got charged with second degree murder and he went to prison too. <laughs> so I feel like the Tylenol thing, like they couldn't find the actual guy that did the Tylenol cyanides, but like they were just finding random buttholes that they were putting in prison <laughs> along the way. They were like, oh, well, it could be you. Oh, no, wait, you did something else that's really bad. Okay, we'll put you in prison, but you didn't do anything with the Tylenol. This was their excuse to drive around the proverbial butthole wagon and, <laughs> and pick up a bunch of buttholes around the city of Chicago. Does, and one of which, uh, one butthole that was living in New York City, and they just sort of yeah. swept them all up. Yeah. Butthole wagon. So for the FBI's request in early 1983, because they still weren't really getting any, like, suspects, really. Yeah. So the uh, Chicago Tribune's Bob Green published the address of the grave location of the first and youngest victim, Mary Kellerman. Okay. So with this, he thought, he had the consent of the family, and he thought, if I post the location of her gravesite and make it a big thing, maybe the killer will feel some kind of guilt or remorse and go visit the gravesite. Because that's a thing the, the killer typically re- returns to the scene of the crime. Even though this wasn't okay, yeah. the, the, the scene, but still there's a direct connection in this dead person and your tampering. Right. Well, he thought like because of James William Lewis and... Roger Arnold basically kind of acting out because of the media mm-hmm. with the Tylenol thing. He's like, well, maybe the actual killer will act out too and maybe want to go visit. So he yeah. blasted media with the grave site and the address. And the site was under 24-hour surveillance. Ah. So it was like secret cameras and stuff up in the trees, but they never had any killer surface. A guy dressed as a giant cardinal with a video camera. So the police are like, well, we gave that one a try, but okay, back to just picking up buttholes because (laughs) then they arrested a lady named Lori Dan, which she has an interesting case too. She, um, She lived in Chicago and on May 1988, she went on a rampage and shot a bunch of people. And it's very, you know, sadly to say it's very relevant today because it was an elementary school. Aww. So she was definitely crazy. Yeah. But they suspected her for a second just because she just went crazy a couple years later. So they really were just grasping for anything. Yeah, seriously. But she was in prison for the rest of her. I think she got like 90 years. I mean, she's oh probably still in prison, right? Cuz 88. Yeah, if she hadn't if she hasn't bit the dust by yeah, now. Yeah, she might have passed, but there was no absolutely no connection found with her. So on May 19th, this is 2011. So Very this recently. is yeah, I mean, this went on a major hiatus because they were like we have nothing. So on May 19th, 2011, FBI requested DNA symbols from the Unabomber. Oh. Because the Unabomber crimes were like 1978 to 1980. Okay. So this is still kind of around the 1982. And they're like, well, if the Unabomber is just going to go killing random people, then maybe he did this cyanide thing. So they were just sort of drawing a line to his crimes and these crimes just because of how careless and frivolously murdered everybody because he actually had family in chicago and would often visit the suburbs of chicago so he was around that area so they kind of had like a suspicion they're like he you know was careless and obviously wanted to kill a bunch of people and randomly and like he stayed in that area occasionally yeah and i I guess it's like it's kind of like one of those things where we we have zero leads 
it's been what almost 20 years it's been 19 years right since this has happened it's 2011 is that right 92 yeah. to no even longer than that so why not why not right what was it ted krasinski i ted think krasinski was i that think his name? so yeah they didn't find any ties he denied having ever put cyanide in tylenol i mean so they kind of just went with that well in 2011 shortly after scott blartz or oh, Scott Bartz. Oh, I thought Scott, Scott Blart, <laughs> Mall Cop 3. <laughs> no, Scott. Jevin, Jevin Kames, Scott Blart. Scott Bartz oh, okay. with the Z. He was a former employee for Johnson & Johnson during that time. And he claimed that the poison could have absolutely been tap- tampered with in production because they had a area where they did repackaging and distributing. Oh, now that would seem like the perfect place to do it. So he said that that possibly could have happened, and he claimed that he doesn't think, because the factories were so big, he doesn't think that that's unusual. And he said that there could be links to the supply chain and retail locations. I don't know if they ever went into that more or... Because Johnson and Johnson pulled everything, they were kind of like, well, now they're on their, you know, their guard. So we don't think it's going to happen again. Mm-hmm. But after this, hundred of copycat attacks. I mean, that's the one bad thing about social media is yeah, seriously, you see all this bad stuff, and then you have the crazy people that do the copycat stuff. Yeah, and and that's it's almost like, well, do you report on every single mass murder or crime? Because then there will be copycats. Do you not report on it? Is there? A, it's it's such a weird thing. Like it letting really letting the public know absolutely what's going on and how to be careful, but then at, at risk of gaining a few copycats. Yeah. So there was hundreds of copycat attacks involving Tylenol, over the counter medications, and other products. That's so sad. In the U.S. Um, immediately following the Chicago deaths, three more deaths were reported with the tampered gelatin capsules. Okay. So you had the copycats. It was silly. But like I kind of hit on before, this actually led to something good because now we got the tampering packaging. So in 1982, when the incident happened with the pharmaceutical company, food and consumer products also were like, well, we need to watch our stuff too because you could easily inject this into anything. Seriously. So industry started developing the tamper-resistant packaging and they introduced the induction seals and quality control methods. So this mm-hmm. is when quality control really started hitting factories and kind of the FDA stepped in a little bit more and was like, you know, we need to figure out how to stop this and what to do. And this actually caught someone shortly after. There was a girl named Stella Nichols, mm-hmm. and she was convicted of tampering with Excedrin. Oh. And she was sentenced to also 90 years in prison. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, it was put in effect and it was immediately kind of caught that, you know, obviously one of these copycatters was opening bottles and trying to return them. But since media blasted, you know, the new packaging and the seals, don't open anything without the seals on it. Mm -hmm. I mean, someone took a bottle of you know, Excedrin home, realized it was open, reported it, and... They traced it back to they the Stella Nickel or Nichols yeah. or... But the thing that's funny is they traced it back to the Stella Nichols so quickly and easily. Why couldn't they figure this out for the original? I don't know, because you would think like... So, for fear of being painfully unfunny, 
mm-hmm. on most products. There are lot codes. There are there's other sort of like measurement and like time stamping things and stuff where you can trace it back to you. You have a paper or a Tylenol trail yeah. to typically like when it was made, which facility it was made, or in which which in in which what facility it was made. Is that how you say that? <laughs> in which in in which which in which which facility and witches and spirits and witches and spirit and now we're somewhere and goblins and goblins. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but they they failed to uh, trace it back to the one guy that was working at the factory, Nathan Murderman, uh, <laughs> which is like, well, it definitely wasn't Nate Murderman. It wasn't. It definitely was not Leslie Stabsman. Definitely. Um, Irma murder you. Irma, 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 Irma murder you. <laughs> well, not so fast. Irma murder you. She Irma. mumbled a lot. Why not Irma. like not Ima but Irma. Irma. Irma murder you now. Okay. Irma murder you. <laughs> <laughs> now I will also bring up that thankfully we have tamper proof or tamper resistant packaging on basically every single product yeah. that's out there. Some of them are super hard to open. Where like you need to oh, like, yeah, take they an have axe child. to them. I mean, I'm sure there was a whole another incident about children taking prescription oh, yeah. too, because you have all the childproof locks. I mean, I'm sure that's a whole another can of worms, mm-hmm. can of Tylenols that you have Hey-o. to open again. Yeah, seriously. But yeah, it's just interesting, and like it also said too, a lot of the packaging, if you notice. It's kind of bombarded with the advertisement of what it is. Yeah. And that's for to protect, like, if something's open or someone has a hard time opening it, it'll almost kind of, like, damage the advertisement on the outside. Oh, that makes sense. So it's kind of blasted on there just to be Mm -hmm. like, hey, this is the actual product. You're looking for all these things. I don't know. It's just very interesting. But... It's like a NASCAR car with all the logos everywhere. (laughs) Pretty much. Twix, Fruity Pebbles. But yeah, don't ever um, take any prescription drugs or over-the-counter drugs if they look like they've been tampered with. Because that's a thing. Now, that actually really scared me one time. It might have been within like the last year or two. It was not with prescription medicine or over-the-counter medicine, but I was going to cook us dinner and it was chicken stock. And I opened it up and then as soon as I took the lid off, the actual like little foil piece or whatever that you pull off on chicken stock was open. Yeah. And I got freaked out and I drove back to Kroger to get another chicken stock. But it said on top of the thing, it's like when you open the cap, it unlocks the thing. Oh. But that freaked me out. <laughs> so I at Kroger, it, they were like, come on, man. Come on, dude. No, you twist the cap and it breaks the foil, <laughs> which is nice. But I would much rather, if you're listening, big chicken stock corporations, <sighs> I would much rather take it off myself. Like there, then that that poses the argument that certain things can be made too. They're convenient. not tampered with. You returning that reminds me of the time that I tried to return my <laughs> wristband from Target. What? When I sprained my wrist and I bought one of those <laughs> like wristbands. Yeah. Well, I bought one and I realized, oh, I sprained my left hand, but it was. I thought it was a right-hand wristband, but all you had to do was take the metal piece out and put it on the other side, and you could change hands. Like, you could put it on either wrist. Yeah. But I took it back, and the guy at the customer service just um, took it out of the box, took the metal piece out, and stared at me the whole time, and put it on the other side, and handed it back to me. And I thought it was really, really funny, because that teenage kid was just like, really? You really tried to return this? Like YouTube it, lady. It says on the box, it's like both wrists. Right. Did he did he call you a name before you left? Did he say like, go yeah, nice no, try, but no, he didn't even laugh. I think he was oh. just like, wow. He was permanently over it. He thought I was probably the dumbest person in the world. 
That's fine. And but then, that's okay. And I figured then, it out. Now I can wear it on both wrists. Well, good. I'm glad. And your wrists are okay today? Yeah, they're okay today. Good, babe. Yeah. Great. Okay. <laughs> well, do you want to do a little bit of haunted housekeeping? Yeah, let's uh, chat during our little break. Okay. Well, we'll see you in three, two, one. Our first sponsor on this week's show is our favorite sippable mushroom company, Four Sigmatic. Now, if you've never had Four Sigmatic, what it is, you drink coffee, great. You drink tea, congratulations. You like smoothies, great job. But what Four Sigmatic has done is incorporated the healing properties and nutritional benefits of mushrooms into your little sippable bevies, which means drinkable beverage. Smoothies, elixirs, superfood blends, so you get all of the nutritional benefits of mushrooms when you're sipping. Four Sigmatic makes drinking mushrooms and superfoods delicious and easy to do with a wide variety of mushroom coffees and teas and etc. If you're interested in trying some Four Sigmatic stuff, you can go to foursigmatic.com and at checkout to get 10% off of your first order, use the coupon code SCAVTRUFFLE. That's S-C-A-V TRUFFLE and you'll get 10% off of whatever coffee stuff you want, smoothie stuff, doesn't matter. Go crazy. Go nuts. <laughs> <laughs> and this is great too because if you're not a big mushroom person like I am, this is a great way to get all your nutrition and the benefits of mushrooms without actually having to eat them. Just put it in your coffee, which I drink every single day, and you are ready to go. If people aren't coffee drinkers, that's fine. You can do tea. You can do matcha. They have these things called mushroom elixirs, which I don't know what those are, but I'm assuming they're haunted. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure they're tasty. Or you could do something really spooky and just eat it straight out of the packet. <laughs> like, like, like a murderer. Like a crazy person. Now, don't do it in front of anybody else because they might call 911 or they might take matters into their own hands and lead you into their bear trap because they think you're an alien. Yeah, so save 10% with our promo code. SCAV Truffle. S-C-A-V Truffle. Uh, and get 10% off. The more you order, the more you end up saving in the long run, right? Absolutely. You're just moving that decimal one over one spot. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Easy way to figure it out. So again, that's Four Sigmatic. Use SCAV Truffle. SCAV Truffle. <laughs> Use SCAV Truffle at checkout and get 10% off. Start drinking them shrooms. That's what I always say. Yep, every day. Every day I say that to Lindsay. As soon as we wake up, before I say good morning, drink those shrooms. And then it's good morning. Our other sponsor this week is brought to you by Warby Parker, which we know a lot about Warby Parker. I don't even have to really read the promo code because I think I have 70 pairs of their glasses. So, kind of a brag, but <laughs> don't even need to read it. Yeah, Lindsay and I, I think between the two of us, own, I, I'm, I'm not exaggerating, 10? 10? I think I owe, own like 10 myself. That's so, that's too many. Yeah, we buy a lot of glasses. So <laughs> it's a... Uh, not to brag, we buy a lot of glasses. It's a great company. Every pair that you buy, they donate a pair to someone in need. Which is great. Which is awesome. And their frames are so stylish and so comfortable. And their, their customer service is wonderful. Man, their customer service is great. I, I called them one time because like a doofus... I fell asleep in my glasses a few times and they had gotten scratched. The lenses had gotten scratched. And I called them. I said, hey, my lenses are scratched. And they said, great, we're going to send you a brand new pair and you just send yours back free of charge. Yeah, and it's so easy. You go online and you pick the ones that you like. They have an at-home try-on 
which costs you absolutely nothing. I think they take a dollar and they give you a dollar back when you return them. Yes. And you can pick five different pairs and you could do it as often as you like to send it to your house, try them all on and pick your favorite. And there's so many good ones. There's a lot of goodies in there. Lindsay and I, when we were in New York recently, we went to one of their brick and mortar shops. And man, that was that was that was great. It was great. You can try on all their glasses and their frames are only $95, which they accept some insurances. And also, a lot of insurances will reimburse you for buying their glasses. So you basically get a free pair of glasses that are super trendy. And there are what like equivocal styles and stuff in actual uh, optometrist offices and stuff like that that I was thinking about getting and I was like well maybe it's time to get something else other than Warby Parker and they were over 300 bucks which makes no sense yeah so check out Warby Parker's uh it's warbyparker.com and just remember every pair that you get is distributed to someone in need so you're really doing a lot of good and they have a great selection of frames. They do. Now, if you'd like to try Warby Parker for the first time, but you're also a proud listener of any of the shows on the Scavengers Network, you can go to bit.ly slash cscav. That's S-E-E scav, S-C-A-V, and get your get five pairs to try on it, to try on at home, send them back, try on another five, do that for eternity if you want. Or say you want to take just a cute selfie and you need the perfect <laughs> pair of glasses. Do the at-home try-on and then send them back. Say say you're starting your third super, super underground Finstagram and you need, yeah, the, the, the perfect pair of frames to really encapsulate that persona. Go to bit.ly forward slash cscav and get some glasses to try in at home. All right. Well, that'll do it for our haunted housekeeping this week and we'll return to our show in just a minute. We're back, everyone. Welcome to the second half of our episode. I hope it doesn't get too scary because it might get scary this time. Are you ready? Okay. So I've been on this kick about talking about different types of ghosts and ghosty things, right? So I'm following that trend, but we all know that in terms of ghosts and stuff, there's your poltergeists, there's your orbs, there's your ecto-mists and stuff like that, correct? Right. The one thing I didn't talk about were demonic spirits or demonic ghosts, which is no laughing matter. It's very scary. So this whole, this whole segment, there'll be no joking and no laughing. Absolutely. Because what there's like Zozo. There's Zozo, there's Mippy, there's Starlish, (laughs) and there's um, Zyke. Zycam, the medicine, <laughs> which I think is for allergies or something. Yeah, make sure it's not tampered with, though. Oh, yeah, seriously. What I have here, and I'm going to be breaking this up into two parts. So for this for this episode, you'll be hearing the five worst demons to be possessed by. Okay. And then next week, it'll be the five best demons to be possessed by. Like the best worst or the it's best, kind- like, they're, they're not demons? It's kind of the best worst But these ones are the worst, worst to be possessed by. But really quick, how are you even supposed to tell if you're possessed or not? Maybe you're just having a real poopy week. Maybe you're having a real butthole week. Well, maybe this is actually a good list for someone that thinks maybe their roommate is possessed. Yes. So what you do, this is step one. If they match any of these characteristics on this sheet or on my list, 
They are 100%, 100% possessed, <laughs> and there is no question about it. Move away. Your roommate is crazy. Now, I will also say that most of these characteristics, I think that you and I and every other maybe 14 to 16-year-old also sort of uh, enveloped quite a bit. So this is either you're probably possessed or you're just a teenager and you now have your driver's license. <laughs> so I don't know. Do you think Molly's possessed? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll figure out which demon she is. I know which one she is. Okay. And I'll remind me and I'll tell you when we get there. Okay. It's one of the bad ones. Gotcha. One of the nasty ones. She is. So there are, uh, I believe, 10, 10 or 9. It's hard for me to count <laughs> really quick. Uh, <laughs> I, I actually believe it's 9. 9 different ways to tell if you are perhaps or you are a loved one or just a stranger is possessed by a demon. Okay. The first one Low energy levels are just general, uh, generally being fairly lethargic. And a lot of these, I think, come out of nowhere, unless it's a long-term possession. I feel like that's me every day. Well, maybe you shoot. and I... Shoot. Yeah, shoot. Oh, sugar. <laughs> maybe you and I have, yeah. some, have some talking to do. Today was not the day that I wanted to find out I was a demon. Well, I don't know if you possess the next one or not. Okay. Uh, extreme mood swings. Yeah, 100%. Is this just me being a demon or having a thyroid problem? Because I think this could be either or. <laughs> oh, let me check. No, this is WebMD thyroid issue. Oh, shoot. Okay. Oh, shish. Not only am I a demon, I have a thyroid problem. Or you're possessed by a demon who had a thyroid problem to begin with, and now it's sort of... Uh, made its way to your body. Do you think if you're, you know, you're sick or you have an illness and then you pass and you become a spirit, do you think you still have that il- illness or just like Man, I someone? Hope not. Yeah, like does someone like cut you a break and they're like, "Listen, you're dead, <laughs> but you no longer have asthma." I would love if the first word said to me in whatever whatever happens in the afterlife, you and I are not getting into that. But if someone or something talks to you and the first word they say is, "Listen." <laughs> that would be, be really great. Okay, uh, listen really quick. This is what's going on. You're dead. First of all, you're dead. You're Second dead. of all, listen, you, just listen. Your asthma is gone. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say the A word, but you said asthma. Oh, sorry. Oh, no. It's, I'm glad you said asthma <laughs> and not the A word. Okay, so low energy levels, extreme mood swings. Oh, uh, one thing I'll say about the mood swings is that I thought it was funny because maybe this is deeper than a mood swing. They called it or the wherever I compiled the list, called them character shifts, not oh. mood swings. So character shifts, okay, which is something that maybe you learn in theater school, shifting sure. characters, right? Increased or uncontrollable inner voices. Oh. Do you have any uncontrollable inner voices? Yeah, well, no. I mean, unless you count like OCD as that. Well, I think that you could, and we're not we're not making light of obsessive compulsive disorder, but I think that those would would, no, would, would be fairly uncontrollable. I yes. mean, I really think that everybody has OCD. At least a little bit, right? A little, yeah. I mean, I feel it's pretty common, and it sucks. It does <laughs> suck. Not making you know, like I I've, I've suffered a little bit from it. I'm not trying to get too serious, but yeah, and it and it does suck. It yeah. absolutely does suck. Uh, so maybe that's one for me. Maybe I maybe I am possessed a little bit. Maybe impulsive behavior i don't think you and i are too impulsive no molly is though molly's extremely extremely impulsive yeah i will say i think when i get impulsive is if you and i are out and we're i'm like oh why don't we go pet puppies really quick why don't we go get records i think that's when i when i become impulsive but then you know i i I learn to relax so if you are a demon you just love records and puppies (laughs) 
pretty cool, or not not cool, but a pretty relaxed demon to be around. My husband's a demon, but really the worst thing that he does is he gets pretty impulsive about puppies or records. <laughs> but other than that, we're okay. Oh, uh, it'd, be, it'd be great if they were all really bad records. He gets really <laughs> impulsive about Mariah Carey vinyl. <laughs> and they're not even, it's not even good. Just Mariah Carey's discography. Even her B-sides. Uh, memory problems is another one on the list. Mm. Which I don't, I think you and I are fine with that. Forgetting or like? I'm not sure because I forget what I just said. Oh, <gasps> demon. Just kidding. Yeah, okay. I think just uh, being forgetful. Okay. I don't know, maybe? Maybe, I mean... Yeah, I guess if you're possessed, then you're going to forget. Because, like, you're going to do mean things to people, I would assume. So you're going to, like, forget that you love them. You know, that's that's much deeper than I... I was very service level. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> well, okay, what did what did we have for breakfast this morning? Do we remember that, both of us? Eggs. Oh, thank God. Yeah, <laughs> eggs. Oh, phew. Poor concentration could be a sign of demonic possession. A sudden onset of physical problems. Maybe not necessarily illnesses and stuff because it didn't it didn't say any Physical illnesses. Problem. But like, like their head spins around. Well, maybe your head spins three sixty, <laughs> or maybe it does a Tony Hawk nine hundred. Your oh. your head just does a full nine hundred, and then you yell X Games, but in a really low voice. You had a conversation with your roommate, and then you realized they walked out backwards with their feet forwards out of the room and then you're like hmm that's odd today yeah i just uh, yeah i just got to college it's my freshman year i'm very excited to start my roommate did walk with their mouth up the wall they just used their lips to to suction against the wall and they slid around like one of those uh algae cleaning fish in an aquarium but they're pretty cool they're a they're they're a poli sci major so a rise in anxiety that's me okay most of the time. Okay. Okay. <laughs> now I'm getting nervous talking about it. We always equate that to when you do fast walking around the house. So I maybe... do. I fast walk. So... I kind of do turn into a little demon when I'm stressed <laughs> out. I fast walk around and I'm snappy and mean and I get really anxious. Well, to be fair, I think I also get snappy as well when I'm stressed out. I think most people do. But then we always feel bad and it's okay. Yeah. But not everybody fast walks. I think I get like a good three miles in when I'm stressed out, just around the house. Just from the kitchen to the bedroom, <laughs> just walking very fast. And you better not get in my way, because I'll just keep walking. With Yeah, well, you'll walk over people with your mouth, <laughs> and then you spin, so then you're like, you, you latch onto them with your mouth, then you spin, your feet are facing the ceiling, and then you spin around, and then flip over again. Yeah. But that's just classic behavior. Right. The last one on the list, bouts of depression, extreme bouts of depression, which I think goes into maybe perhaps mood swings, uh, memory problems, being lethargic and stuff. Right. So that, But I think that one more just, I guess, just being sad for a right. while. Okay. So if you know anyone that exudes any of these things, sit down and talk to him. But I feel like... This doesn't necessarily mean that they're a demon, though. A lot of these things are just, like, typical things that people have issues with. No, absolutely. Absolutely. But I think that being possessed what highlights these things or makes them even worse. Or perhaps, like, say you're just kind of a forgetful person in general, but now all of a sudden you're walking on walls or you develop all these weird physical problems, then it might be, well, maybe you're possessed. You maybe never know. you're possessed. You never know. So... I would say if you know anyone or you yourself to any degree of relationship know that someone's exuding these things or showing signs of these things, maybe ask them if they're possessed. If they say no, they might be possessed. Well, I don't think it's really safe to say like, you know what? Okay, Susan, 
I want to sit and talk. Can we go have coffee later? And then as soon as you get there, you're like, listen, I think that you're possessed. (laughs) Because that might lead to a fight. Or like the demon inside of them will be like, they're on to me. I'm going to act out and I'm going to murder everybody in the coffee house because I'm mad now. But I think right before you ask them if they're possessed, you say, I think you're possessed. Now, before you act... Here's a triple Your frapp- hair looks really good today. Or here's a triple soy, no whip, frappy, coconut, macchiato, no whip. <laughs> frap, soy, almond, triple frap. I feel like we're going to cause a lot of, uh, especially like girl college fights with this episode. That's okay. Because if this gets to the root of the problem, at least you know that, no, I'm for sure not possessed. I've just, I'm not getting a good, I'm not I getting lis- good grades. I listened to Spooky Spouses and they told me you were crazy, Susan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so now our our, our weekly listens are going to go down like, significantly. Fights. Yeah. If you hear on the news a bunch of like college girl cat fights, we had nothing to do with it. No, we didn't. We're just, I'm just reading a thing I found on the internet. <laughs> So with we have about 10-ish minutes, so I'm going to run through these demons. Okay. Now, it's, it's funny because, well, I'm, I'm proving my point right now, but whenever we say, or any podcast I've listened to, okay, we're going to go through these really quick. It ends up not being quick, but I promise these ones will be quick. Okay. So the five worst demons in order from least worst to the most worst are, number five is a demon named Akiel. Mm. A-Q-U-I-E-L. Akiel does what Akiel can to ruin the Sabbath, to ruin every single thing about Sunday, the holy day. Akiel appears a lot in Christian-based mythology, and its biggest intent is just to ruin Sundays, to make Sundays terrible. Okay, so he hates church days. Hates church days, hates days where you have to get dressed up and you go to church, hang out with your family, wants to ruin it and make them the worst days of the week. I hate getting dressed up too. Whether it's Monday, Tuesday, doesn't matter. I'm not a fan. <laughs> Every day. I'm not a fan. Okay. That's when I do have to get dressed up. I, I take a play out of the Zach Galifianakis book and I look like an ultimate Frisbee coach. <laughs> just just jeans and a shirt. Great. <laughs> uh, number four, the fourth worst demon, Surgot. And the reason why Surgot is the worst, I, I would place Surgot higher in the list, meaning worse, because Surgot cannot be destroyed. Surgot is always around. He's just always there. What's cool about this is that there was this there there was this person in history called Honorius, who no one really knows exactly who Honorius was, but historians think that Honorius was Honorius the Third, who was Pope from twelve sixteen to twelve twenty seven. And what Honorius was said to have done is to every week call up and summon a demon from heck and just fight it and kill it, and that was Honorius's way of training for when Honorius had to fight the devil himself. Mm. So Honorius was just using all these demons as bait and as fuel and or like... Uh, practice demons. Practice demons. But turns out Honorius accidentally, or like the, the next demon in line was Surgot, came up, couldn't destroy him. And maybe Surgot just went, you know, I'm over this. I'm going to go back to heck. I'm not really sure, but... Talk about your all-time backfires. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's from Dumb and Dumber, right? No, Billy no, Madison. No, it's from Billy Madison. Billy Madison. No. Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore. When they're shooting the puck in the thing. I love it. That's such a good movie. Happy Gilmore. Honorius is, is quoted to have been to, to have said, Surgot is he who opens all locks. Which I guess that means somewhere down the road, mixed in translation, you can't kill him. can go anywhere he wants. Oh, I was taking it literal like you lock your keys in your car, you summon this demon. Surgot. He picks your lock. Which is actually very nice. 
helps you out. Thanks, Surgot. And then he eats you. <laughs> and then he eats your body. Yeah. And then pulls out your bones like the cartoon <laughs> fish, like the cat's eating the fish. And sends or sets them under your windshield wiper blades like a parking ticket. <laughs> Later. How many times have you thought about that? I just thought about it. Okay. My spontaneous acts. Of demonic. Uh, of demonic. Mutilation. Theory mutilation <laughs> the the third one the third worst is agaris or agaris can appear either as a man or a woman and it can either agaris can look either perfectly mundane just like a normal human i say normal but just like an average human being yeah or it can look like a very old and decrepit demon riding a crocodile so <laughs> you either for hmm. sure know that it's agares or you don't because it looks like your neighbor Rhonda. yeah what if Rhonda is um, riding a crocodile? Like, what if they mix the two? I don't think it can mix. So then if that's the case, Rhonda just became the coolest woman ever. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, Rhonda. Cool, Rhonda. Oh, this is the one thing about Agares that's very bad. Agares sounds nice. It will Agares teaches you instantly. And you like you immediately learn, just like in the Matrix, right? When they plug a program in your head. Yeah. I know Kung Fu or I know Taekwondo. But now... It's you would learn every single language on Earth instantaneously. Hmm. But the the caveat is that Agares enforces uh, or sort of steers you in the direction of using only really derogatory terminology and racial slurs. So it's kind of like The Exorcist. Kind of, where you say a lot of real nasty stuff, but not only in English, but also in Italian, Portuguese, right? But that might not be terrible because when you meet somebody from another country and they speak another language or someone else just speaks another language, what's always the first thing you want to know? All the swears. All the swears. All the swears. Yeah, that's true. So it's like, true. this is just like the, the frat boy ghost yeah or like demon that's like i'll teach you all the swears but, but this is what sucks you only know those but it would be nice to just know the swears i don't want to know the racial slurs i don't want to say that stuff yeah but if that's you're possessed, not it, it's not but i mean if i could learn how to say but if i could learn yeah. how to say shut up <laughs> in another language butthole <laughs> I wonder what our butthole quota is, like, because we're not an explicit... Yeah, this is a heavy butthole um, conversation <laughs> podcast this week. Oh, but not literal. The figurative. The, the Sorry about the butthole swears. Sorry, everyone. The second worst, the almost the worsty one is Renovi or Renove. Okay. Influences... He sounds Italian. It might be Italian. Renove the demon influences uh, you... To take over other people's lives, like essentially drain mm. their souls or drain their lives from their body, es uh, especially the elderly, people who are ill or people who are like not well off, that like maybe don't have a great state of mind or are in a very low or weak point in their lives. Right. If you look at them directly, you then consume their soul and either leave them as this like vapid, soulless human being. Uh, I guess equivocal to the dark crystal when you drain the life essence from a pod person and they just wander around and they're just, they have no idea what's going on, easily influenced, or you, or you right. kill them. See, if I were that demon, I would be a doctor because then you have like access uh, to all of the things that you love. Wow. Sorry, I'm just really dark today. <laughs> and it's so funny because it's an early, it's, we're recording this actually fairly early mm, comparatively. I love starting my Sunday mornings with a little coffee and a little demonic activity. <laughs> and the worst demon on earth ever in the universe to be possessed by, I'm sure you know who it is. Zozo. Zozo or Beelzebub. Yeah. The, the, the big bad, which is what this list <laughs> referred to Beelzebub is, which I think is a really cool moniker. The big bad. 
Yeah. Satan, the devil, Beelzebub, Lucifer ruins everybody's lives around you. So yep. it really does nothing to harm you physically. I mean, there there might be some like weird body manipulation things, but you ruin everyone's lives. All of those close to you, you ruin their lives, which oh, that's heavy duty. Yeah, big time. So those are the five worst demons. If you have a choice in who to get possessed by, I would say maybe pick number six or seven worst, you know, because maybe then they'll just like make you really gassy or something. You don't have to worry about it. Yeah. But next week, I'll profile the five best demons to get possessed by, according to this list. Okay, so we have a little heads up. That's like a first on yeah, our show. Yeah, and I actually feel pretty good about it. So to be continued. TBC, demonic possessions. Yes. That's it. That's all I got. <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah, thanks for sharing that. I, you know, and as silly as it sounds, you know how like these per se fictional characters, the yeah. ideas like of Santa Claus, the Easter Bunny, like everybody's a little kind of silly looking. Mm-hmm. Yes. But you take the silliest looking one, which is the devil. Yes. And he's the coolest looking one. Yeah, like in terms, like just like, you mean like design aesthetic, like horns and... like these are all created back in the day, but like he still holds up as creepy and like scary and just like the boss. Well, the... Like move over, Bruce Springsteen, because you got Beelzebub. (laughs) He's the the big bad or it's the big bad. Yeah. And he's still like, he's still cool in a not cool way. What's your favorite? What's your favorite iteration? Uh, I guess aesthetically or design-wise of Beelzebub. I'll start off. Mine is Tim Curry in the movie Legend with Tom Cruise. Oh, like whoever played a devil? No, not necessarily that. But like, like you're you're like when when you think of the devil or when you think of Beelzebub, what iconography? What image do you go to right away? Mine is always the gigantic Tim Curry with the oversized horns, like the 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 Jinko Jean equivalency to horns that's mine oh man i'm trying to think because there's like the satyr one with goat bottom person half there's the one where it's like uh, anthropomorphized goat human like that one statue in like utah or something or wherever oh yeah that they're allowed to put outside their such a cool i mean like you know yeah not being like a non-subscriber to most religions or whatever but like just purely subjectively or objectively i think uh the whole design aesthetic of of However, people depict Satan or Beelzebub is just cool looking. It is. And I always feel guilty saying that because it's like, well, I don't really want to be like honoring Satan because that's like, I don't dress that way or anything, but it's like, he's just such a a really bad butt image. It is a bad (laughs) butt, but I, but I think it's okay if we're looking at it purely from uh, a folklore uh, viewpoint or purely a design viewpoint or something, right? Right. It's like heavy metal bands. I mean, you can listen to heavy metal and like their whole like skeleton demon Face aesthetic. But it's like they're you're not necessarily a bad person because you no. like those. It's just a cool aesthetic. And and the one thing I've realized getting more and more into metal, I, I, I do really like heavy metal a lot, but like getting more and more into it, it's sort of this whole idea of being so self-aware and where a lot of metal bands almost like do it as a competition or they're being funny, like how outlandish and how, I guess, pseudo-satanic or dark or demonic can we make our image Right. To be like almost an impersonation of that world, I guess. Absolutely. And it's so funny, like bands like Ghost, bands like some of the like Icelandic or Norwegian heavy metal bands or whatever. It's just all, it all, it, it all ends up being becoming very funny 
and I like right. it a lot. But I look at it like, I mean, you're a musician, so I mean, musically, a lot of that is really talented. I mean, oh, yeah. stuff. And then like, I look at it artistically because I'm a painter and all that stuff. And it's just like some of their art designs of their their covers or their posters or all their line work. If you look up like old heavy metal bands and their artwork, the line work is like incredible. Especially that like the the, the few stereotypical heavy metal band fonts. That they're oh, using. Yeah. It's it's totally um, equivocal to graffiti artists and they're it's and they're oh it's so great and it's so hard to read and I think that's what makes it so funny because it's like how difficult can we make it on the listener or just the average Jane or Joe to decipher what in the heck this word says because it's 90% of it is just filigree and gilding the lily with a bunch of random lines and stuff. I think it's so and funny. it's great. I agree. It's great. Well, there's demons, <laughs> heavy metals in a nutshell, and don't mess with Tylenol. Thank you guys so very much for listening. We'd like to thank the Scavengers Network and Colin M. Parker, our big, beautiful boss baby, for hosting us. Be sure to go to thescavengersnetwork.com or check out The Scavengers Net, or I think it's just at Scavengers Net on Twitter and Instagram, and there's a Facebook page, and go through and listen to all the shows. They're all wonderful. Shows like Historical Hotties, Academy Outcasts, The Bad Pen Pal, Journey Under 30, State Your Case, EQ&A, and I believe there are a few more shows, brand new shows coming within the next few months, I believe. Very exciting. Also, a shout out to Eli Chambers for the music that you're going to hear, um, the original Spooky Spouse themes at the beginning, middle, and end. Thank you, Eli. Thanks, Eli. And if you'd like to follow us or join the uh, almost too spooky or too haunted community, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at spooky underscore spouses. And you can also send us an email with anything you want, really. A personal story, hoaxed footage that you've made that you think's really good, your favorite hoaxes, your favorite real quote-unquote footage. Or a photo of your dog, because we love dogs. Hey, just send us a photo of your dog, please. <laughs> For once, just send us a photo of your cute little puppy or your cute little kitty. And that's at SpookySpousesCast at gmail.com. Yep, the G stands for ghost. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Thanks, everyone. And, ha- oh. You do it. I don't know. Now you threw me off. I th- okay. Well, uh, have a have a ghost day. <laughs> <laughs> have a heavy metal heavy oh, Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> have a distorted Friday. Have <laughs> a have a shred out Saturday. <laughs> I think that's what all you know. You're like a real metalhead if you're like, all right, see you later, guys. Shred out. If you say shred out. See you later, my demons. It's pretty good. <laughs> well, do your best uh, heavy metal guitar noise. Bow-wow! <laughs> thanks for listening. All right. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.